is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, so if you or one of your female friends is experiencing perimenopause or they're in menopause. So menopause means you have not had a cycle for more than 12 consecutive months. And some people say you need 12 months of no cycling, no bleeding. And then five months later, you can say you're in menopause. I don't know the real answer, but I've heard that. But if you or someone you know is experiencing the symptoms that can come along with perimenopause, menopause, and you're not liking them and you're struggling in any way, this is for you. I first of all want to say that I'm getting really sick and tired of women going all over social media, talking about how horrible menopause is, and then giving everyone their experience and telling younger women that that's what they're going to experience. Not true. It's just like the moms who say, oh, just wait till I have teenagers, you have teenagers, Or, oh, you have girls? Oh, just wait till they're in middle school. Just because Sally's daughter got mouthy and sassy when she was in seventh grade doesn't mean yours is going to. And it's no different, in my opinion, than people also saying that their menstrual cycle is what everyone else experiences. It doesn't have to be that way for everybody. There's so much that goes into this. Your makeup, how much stress do you have in your life? That's a huge thing. How do you handle the stress? What is your window of tolerance? What kind of self-care do you do? Like no matter what's going on in your life, are you having a self-care practice to help you combat the effects of the things when life is lifing? Also, your body composition, your nutritional status, your supplementation, how your mom experienced menopause. Also, trauma. Yes. You know, if you have sexual trauma in your past, it can be related to excessive cramping and bleeding in your cycle in general, but also during menopause. So much can go into this. So I am not claiming to have the answers because it's different for everybody. But what I am going to do is share with you my experience because I'm really feeling amazing after not feeling amazing. I'm going to share with you a little bit about what I've learned. I'm going to point you to a few resources and then invite you to explore on your own. I just want to make sure I am being the loving interruption and the record scratch that I like to be by saying, if you haven't experienced these these symptoms yet, it doesn't mean that you will. You may have none of them. I have friends who just stopped having their period and that was it. 
I know some people who had symptoms and they went on hormone replacement therapy and everything stopped a week later and they had amazing results. Um, every woman is different. Our bodies are unique and glorious and so brilliant. It can also make it frustrating because we are unique, because many doctors and experts are treating us like they treat everybody else, and they're not really listening to our unique perspective. So this is where it goes back to what we talk about on this podcast regularly, or I I would say the premise of the podcast is finding you, tuning into you, being you, and listening and honoring you. Listen to your body, listen to the cues, listen to your intuition, honor that experience and don't let anyone tell you that it's different. Okay. So the information out there can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. And for some of you, it might be like my experience where you have to sift through and do some trial and error and not have great results with a few things until you find your groove. I'm telling you, I found my groove. So I have said many times on this show that I have gained a lot of weight in the last, I would say like four years for me. So 35-ish pounds heavier than I've ever been. Many factors went into that, but I do know now that some of it was perimenopause, that that period of time when your cycles are shifting and changing and your hormones are shifting and changing and are very unpredictable. And so therefore your metabolism and your weight can do the same thing. So my experience is this. My cycles went, started going crazy after being perfect for decades. Heavy, 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 heavy bleeding to the point where I felt like I was hemorrhaging and then not having a cycle at all and thinking I was just about to menopause. No, no, no. Then having heavy bleeding again, then having spotting. So that's normal. It's common, I should say. I don't like saying normal just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal and vice versa. But that's something that many women experience. Lots of changes in their their bleeding, in the pattern, the timing, the intensity, duration, all of that. Okay. Now, a lot of doctors will immediately want to put you on, you know, birth control or something else. And, you know, we all have our own sovereign choice. And I would not do that because there is so much science showing that it has detrimental effects and OBGYNs are not sharing that. So... The first thing I did was I went to a naturopath. I love naturopathic physicians. I have a couple episodes in our first year with Dr. Molly Harmon. She's really, really knowledgeable. And as a former registered nurse, I didn't even know what naturopaths were. And I thought they were like doing a little shake and bake in the back of their office coming up with potions. And I didn't realize that naturopathic physicians that actually go to naturopathic medical school are highly trained and educated and very, 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 very knowledgeable about the human body, physiology, pharmacology, all of it. And so Dr. Molly Harmon, who has been our doctor for a few years now, gave me a homeopathic remedy to try for the hot flashes I was experiencing. Now, there are night sweats where you're just like, you just have a pool of sweat on your chest or all over your body. And then there are hot flashes where you feel like you're in an oven. Some people get both together. Some get one or the other. I was getting both. And I tried the homeopathic, and I'm a huge fan of homeopathics. Again, go back to those previous episodes where she talks about homeopathy and explains what it is. But for those symptoms, it did not work for me. Actually, never mind. It wasn't a homeopathic because 
homeopathics never have side effects. They, they can't. They don't have adverse effects. It was an herb. That's what it was. It was some sort of over-the-counter herbal remedy. And I had, a, I did, I, I actually got worse after two doses. So she told me to stop. So I tried that. Why am I mentioning it? Because it might work for you. I noticed when I found my functional medicine physician in October of 2022, I'm recording this in June of 2023, my eyes were opened to the factors that go into the symptoms that we may or may not have during perimenopause and menopause. I had no idea that the amount of protein I was getting or not getting could affect my experience with menopause, not just weight gain, but also the ability to build muscle. When you get to this point in life, it's harder to build muscle. We find ourselves with more fat. And if it's harder to build muscle, then you're automatically going to have more fat. And uh, many times we are fatigued. We have mood swings, weight fluctuation, maybe just flat out weight gain, inflammation. Sometimes we get a racing heart, headaches, racing thoughts, decreased libido, vaginal dryness, sometimes painful intercourse. And so when I started talking to this doctor and he explained to me that there are some things that I could do that would help my experience, and I had never been told that before by any doctor or expert, I was surprised. And here are some of them. The first was to increase my protein intake drastically, like 0.7 grams for every pound of weight. So if you're 100 pounds, that would be 70 grams or even a direct one-to-one ratio. So it would be amazing to get to that. Some of us have to work up to it. But if you're 150 pounds, that would be 150 grams of protein. That's a lot of freaking protein, right? But at least shooting for eating more protein. And there's so much science behind why, what it does, helping you to, one, just feel more satiated, regulating your blood sugar so you don't have the spikes in glucose levels, so you're not getting hangry, you're not having weird cravings, helping you build muscle, helping you so that you have the strength to build muscle and lift weights. So, so much about that, more, more, more protein. Also sleep. You may be getting seven or eight hours of sleep, but you may not be actually getting into a deep REM state. And so getting an aura ring is a really good idea because you have that ring on and it measures and gives you all kinds of data showing if you're actually sleeping well or not. And one of the ways, a couple ways to improve your sleep and help you fall asleep if you have trouble with that. Some of this is obvious and you've heard it and read it other places that aren't talking about menopause, but some of you have never heard this. So I'm going to go ahead and share them. So one is turning off all, you know, electronics an hour before you go to sleep. One is not eating within three hours of going to sleep. Another is actually going to the, what some people think is extreme of buying those blue blocker glasses and wearing those for about an hour. It's like natural melatonin. It causes your body to produce melatonin. It's telling your body it's time to wind down. It's time to get ready for bed. So you wear those for about an hour or more before going to sleep. Another, believe it or not, is to get sunlight in your eyes first thing in the morning upon awakening. That sets your circadian rhythm and tells your body, oh, it's time to wake up. So then that circadian rhythm starts going. And if you do that a couple more times during the day, midday and in the evening, 
then it also is showing you that it's time to wind down, which helps you fall asleep, stay asleep, and get into a deeper sleep. And that has a huge impact on your experience with perimenopause and menopause symptoms. I have never been a fan of taking melatonin, and I actually was against it. I like using like magnesium and lavender and things like that. I got to tell you, though, I was struggling. I was on the struggle bus. And my doctor, who is a functional medicine, that that means, you know, very holistic, still medical doctor, explained to me that melatonin wasn't just to help me sleep, that it was like, almost like the captain of the ship for hormones. And I did not know that. And so by taking the melatonin, it actually would be a helpful in regulating my hormones. So it wasn't just for the sleep, it was actually for the perimenopause and menopause symptoms that I was not liking. That made a huge difference. For me, the sweet spot is five milligrams at night. That's it, just five milligrams. Okay, now speaking of weights, just like we need lots more protein at this age and in this circle, in this stage of life, we also need to be lifting weights, but heavy weights. Obviously, you really wanna make sure you get someone who can help you with form so you don't get hurt. You don't want to go gangbusters. You want to start slow and easy. Um, but lifting even 10-pound weights is not enough. Obviously, if that's all we can lift, that's what we do. But we want to move up to, no matter how tiny we are, lifting heavy weights. And that is going to help with bone density. But it's also, unfortunately, it's required at this age to be able to build muscle. This isn't to try to look like a bodybuilder. This is to build the muscle we need so that we can function the way we want to function and feel the way we want to feel during menopause. It's going to help with the extra fat. It's going to help because as we are aging, our muscles start getting flabbier because of the hormone imbalance, et cetera. And there's something I didn't know about until this week called progressive overload. And what we need to do is increase the amount of weight we are lifting with each set that we do. Uh, Again, get someone who's an expert to help you with that. And we also need to be lifting three times a week. I know this just sounds ridiculous. I know that it doesn't sound fun for a lot of us, but it's really, really a good idea. And if you're not someone who likes to lift weights, at least do it once a week. But three is ideal, even if it's like, you know, 15 minutes. Okay, and the next thing I'll say is a lot of women like past the age of 40 are still doing a lot of cardio and it's not a good idea. It increases our cortisol levels. It wreaks havoc on our hormones because they're they're just, everything is functioning differently you know, in our 40s and 50s. So when you're in that perimenopause, menopause phase and you're experiencing those symptoms, don't do HIIT workouts. Don't do a bunch of cardio. You really want to do something called zone two cardio. Zone two cardio is what I would call just like being active. And what that is, it's doing some sort of cardio that you enjoy, whatever it is. For me right now, it's walking but you can still carry on a conversation and you don't get out of breath. You're not sweating a lot. It's easy cardio. So the cool thing is we don't have to do as much in this stage. You can do way less cardio, make it a lot easier. However, you need to do it consistently. So as I was on a walk the other day, you know, I was asking for guidance. I was talking to God and just, you know, I don't know if you want to call it praying, meditating. I was doing all those things. I I was just open to receiving the guidance on this topic. And what came to me very clearly was, you know, Jill, you're focusing on 
finally doing workouts. You were basically sedentary for four years. You're finally doing these consistent workouts of lifting weights. But outside of that, you're not active. You're not active enough. You're not moving your body enough. And that's going to be the missing link for you. That's going to be the final piece. That's going to be the key. Now, this is something my doctor and trainer had already told me, but I realized on that walk, it's not that I wasn't listening. It's that I can only change so much before I feel overwhelmed. So I was just doing little bits at a time. And for six months, I was doing the weightlifting twice a week, and I wasn't doing the walks that I was supposed to do outside of that. And now I'm ready. But also, I didn't feel well enough to. I had fatigue. I didn't have the energy. I was having the hot flashes. I was up during the night. I was bleeding all the time. So now that I have this last piece I'm going to tell you in place, I finally feel well enough to move my body. So go easy on yourself. If you don't have the energy to do it, don't push yourself because you're going to put yourself in a much worse position. So finally, after six or seven months, I feel the energy needed to be more active. So that's that zone two cardio, taking the walks. What is recommended is three 10-minute walks a day. That's it. Doing three sounded crazy to me. I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. That's too much. I'd rather do one for 30 minutes. But they want you to do three 10-minute walks around your your biggest meals. Do a 10-minute walk after breakfast, after lunch, and after dinner. I have only been doing this a few days, guys, and I swear to you, I feel like a different person. I started doing this right now. I'm recording on a Thursday and I started on Monday, maybe on Sunday. Monday is the first day I did three. I crave them. I get excited for them. I feel so different. I am so much more active than I've ever been. And it's really, really amazing. But the last piece of the puzzle, this is something that some people find controversial. You have to do what feels right to you and what makes sense to you. Um, I was a registered nurse for many years, and there are a lot of things that doctors tell us to do. There are a lot of things that doctors tell us not to do that are not necessarily backed by current scientific research. There are many reasons that happens that I will not get into today, but use your own internal knowing, use your own intuition, your own critical thinking, and do what you feel is best for you. But I have to tell you, the functional medicine physician that I work with, Dr. Leland Stillman, you can follow him on Instagram, Stillman, S-T-I-L-L-M-A-N-M-D, Stillman MD. He trained under some of the top anti-aging experts in the world. And I actually found him through Josh Trent's podcast, Wellness Force podcast. Now I think it's called Wellness and Wisdom. And it was the, one of the best decisions I have ever made. He's completely changed my health. And I don't know that he's accepting new patients, but you can message him on Instagram and find out. But anyway, he, after six months of working with me, suggested hormone replacement therapy, HRT. And there are many different ways to get them into your body. I don't know. There are many. There are a few. There are injectables. There are pellets. There are like oils and lotions. There are sublingual drops. My doctor only does the oil because 
it's easier for him to titrate and control and easy for the patient. And he thinks it's just much better absorbed and much better quality. And I trust him. Some people have had amazing results with other things. Um, my brother's a physician and he, he puts pellets in people. And the only reason I didn't do it, I fully trust my brother, by the way, he's a brilliant doctor, but I didn't do that because of my other health issues from the breast implants and thyroid issues, et cetera, et cetera. I needed to really, really be able to control the dosing easily because I am very sensitive to things. And I'm actually glad I did. So I could like do one drop or two drops and change it, you know, from morning to night. But HRT, hormone replacement therapy, there are a lot of doctors that are saying, oh, you can't do that. It's going to increase your risk of cancer. It's not true. It's just not true. From what I've seen, it's not true. I would never take that chance with my body. My own gynecologist, the group I go to, they just told me there's only one doctor that will see me if I'm doing hormone replacement therapy. So I messaged my doctor and I was like, what is up with that? And he said, it's just the current medical system in the United States. Many of you don't live in the United States, but in the US, our medical system, we have the best medical care in the world and we have the worst system in the world for sure. And it's just, oh, it's a whole different can of worms, isn't it? But basically they are afraid of being sued. If they are not following the exact protocol that they are told to follow, and HRT is not one of them, by the way, maybe it's because it doesn't make pharmaceutical companies a lot of money. I mean, my prescription is like 40 bucks without insurance. (laughs) Maybe that's the reason, I'm not sure. But uh, for whatever reason, doctors, many of them are afraid to prescribe it because if they're not following the same protocol, and I, for example, go on HRT and I get like uterine cancer or something, they're afraid I'm going to see them. Okay. So do your own research. Make sure you're looking at good sources. Again, talk to several experts and see what you think. But I am telling you, you guys, I have been on hormone replacement therapy now for a couple of months. I feel amazing. I have never felt so good in my life. And we just added testosterone. So there's progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone, obviously prescribed according to your labs. So my hormones were just shit, all three of them. My doctor likes to start you on one first. And then after he gets you stabilized, then he will add the second one. And then after a while, he'll add the third. And so first was the progesterone, then we added the estrogen, and then the third was the testosterone, which I just started a couple of weeks ago. Someone might say, well, how do you know that that's not the only reason you feel good? All these other things you just listed and you gave me, how do you know those are working? Here's how I would describe it. I don't know. But what I really believe, really looking at myself, and I've been charting all of this, and you know, I'm an old nurse here. I'm keeping track of every sign, every symptom, everything that I'm noticing. What I noticed is that looking at my diet, doing some of the other things I just mentioned that my doctor recommended, proper supplementation, going through a few different protocols with him with supplementation that I'd never heard of before, like using cream of tartar and iodine and things like that. After doing that, I felt amazing. Great. When I added the HRT, it just took me up a hundred notches. So I don't think just starting HRT would have done it alone. And that's why he didn't let me do it. He made me do all the other things for at least six months before we did this. But I've talked to so many other women who feel great. They tell me, and my doctor tells me that over time, if I am being active and doing that zone two cardio, right, taking those walks, and I am lifting weights, and I am getting more protein, that I will feel like I'm aging backwards. 
Um, and I just can't wait and I'm excited about it. So just remember that also your sugar intake, your alcohol intake and your caffeine intake will have a huge impact on your symptoms and on your, the way your hormones, I would say, play out. So really watch those things. I don't hardly do any caffeine whatsoever. I rarely drink alcohol, but I like sugar. And, you know, if you're someone having a lot of hot flashes, for example, alcohol, caffeine, and sugar will make them worse. So if you're not willing to give those things up, maybe at least think about cutting back and really easing up in the evening on those things and just just see what happens. So just remember, get out in the sunshine. The sun is is not the devil, like we've been told. Move your body in an active, easy way. Consider starting to lift heavy weights with help from someone who can help you with proper form and functional movement. Look at things like taking a little melatonin before bed. Obviously, clean up your diet, less processed food, if not any at all. I'm definitely going to eat processed food sometimes. It's just, I do. Get lots more protein, lean, healthy protein. Protein isn't just coming from meat. It's coming from other sources. It's just a lot easier to get eating meat because it takes a lot to get there. But if you're someone who doesn't eat meat, you can still totally do it for sure. Get lots and lots of protein, even working up to like almost a gram for every pound of body weight, which I know is a lot, but I feel so much better. I've been doing that like only a week. And I, again, I feel like a new person. Really look at your sleep. Try to hack your sleep in the ways I already described. And, you know, be be gentle with yourself and understand that not only is this not forever, you also don't have to accept when some doctors say, well, it's just menopause. You'll be better in 10 years. Well, yeah, this isn't forever, but I don't, you don't need to feel like crap. You don't need to feel horrible. You don't need to have horrible mood swings and feel awful and be crying and gaining weight and all the symptoms. We don't have to feel that way. We really don't. It doesn't have to be that way. I want you to feel the way I feel right now. And I felt horrible before, just awful. 20 times a day, I would feel like I was standing in an oven. During the night, I would be like drenched in sweat. I would be crying. I would be, you know, angry. I would be unmotivated and sad and tired and exhausted. My appetite was all over the place. I was craving sugar all the time and gaining weight and bleeding all the time. And I just feel so good now. So it doesn't have to be a sentence of misery. That's for sure. And besides the fact that many of us have symptoms that aren't pleasant during perimenopause, just remember it is a rite of passage look into some spiritual practices that can support you. Look into what it really means. What is really happening with us as we get into this next beautiful phase of life? It's really a beautiful experience and it's something to be grateful for and not feared at all. Don't project your experience onto others. Don't let others project their experience onto you. Every single woman, every single female body is unique and will have a unique experience. And whatever your experience is the one you are meant to have. So don't wish it away while supporting your body to be able to tolerate it and move through it with as much ease and joy as possible. Okay, love you so much. And I will talk to you next week. Don't forget to breathe, love yourself, and surrender. Surrender.